and we're live. All right, welcome to Hebrews and Talks, episode right. 14. 14, already 14. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it seems like just yesterday we started episode one with the uh, the yep. bad audio and all that, but bad here we are. Recording. Yep. Uh, not to say it's like, uh, you know, a professional level yet, but mm-hmm. it's gotten a lot better for sure. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed the, the journey. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. I hope our viewers and listeners all, too have been enjoying uh, just the subtle improvements every week uh, yep. as we talk about ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, want to yeah give the layout real yeah. quick for episode 14 we'll uh, introduce our mugs in a second maybe this will just be like a seasonal thing we just switch out the mug every season but uh because yeah. we had the same mug every, <laughs> the entire season <laughs> yeah season. but uh um yeah we're gonna do episode 14 this is ministry we're gonna talk about how to deal with successful times of ministry uh when things are good how to actually approach it uh so that'll be fun and then we'll actually uh, move into the secondary segment, maybe ask a question or two for each other. Uh, simply just ask questions, whether it's about ministry, personal life, uh, opinions whatever. about something, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a little fun uh, secondary segment. And then we'll react to a TikTok uh, that we uh, came across. Now, hopefully, I have some interesting and helpful things to say about that as well. And then uh, and then we'll close. Yeah, sounds good. Um... Before we uh, go into devotion, we have uh, the same cups, but I actually... Uh, have a new look. I won't wear this the whole time, but um, why not? <laughs> it might get hot. We'll see. But I have a cowboy hat for those of you who uh who are on the YouTube. You can actually hop on and and see uh check out my new look. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just I, I've always wanted one, and uh, I finally pulled the trigger. Now you just need a horse <laughs> <laughs> or a badge or something. Yeah. But yeah, that's right. if you would uh lead us into the devotional. Sure. Uh, today, we're just going to look at a one verse, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. All right. Uh, let me just read it for us. It says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Amen. Um, you know, actually, we didn't read this verse, but let me also read this verse 1, where it defines what faith is. And it kind of serves as a good uh, foundation to look at this chapter because each person that is described in this chapter displays this kind of faith. So verse one, it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. So for Abraham, if you think about it from his, pers- his perspective, he wasn't even uh, uh, an Israelite. He was worshiping idols. He didn't know who God was. All of a sudden, at the age of 80, he shows up to Abraham and is like, I'm going to make you into a nation, right? Um, think about that. Right? I'm going to make you into a nation. Here's this guy, and he has no clue who he is, just shows up and gives this promise. And he tells him to leave the land of Haran, which he, he grew up and stayed there for 80 years. Uh, and he tells him to leave. He doesn't even tell him where. He just says, leave. And Abraham uh, picked up and left, right? That's an amazing faith if you think about it. Um, and it's challenging to us too because I know naturally as humans, we want to know before we act upon things, right? So uh, for, for those you know, who are in college and you're looking for a major, you want to know the ins and outs of all these majors to make you, uh, before you make a decision. Mm-hmm. right and we want to know the unknown is kind of scary i think that's why like deep space deep ocean we, we get scared because there's 
we don't know what 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 might be hiding uh in that in that in that uh, in that kind of a mysterious place yep. and i think for us too uh, as as humans we 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 want to know uh, our future we want to know the steps we want to know the end goal before we even make our first step and here's abraham at the age of 80 which if you can imagine at the age of 80 you're pretty much set in your life you know like you have your your life you lived a long time you know the, you, you know uh, you're settled in uh, not not many too i don't think there are too many surprises at the age of 80 cuz you've pretty much quote unquote seen it all uh, having lived that long and you just develop like a comfort level like even for me um moving down to charlotte at the age of like uh it was 22 23 um that was tough because for those 20 to 23 years the the dmv area as well was all that i knew and there was a comfort level there i knew where all the good food places were i knew all my friends family everything that i knew was here but for abraham at the age of 80 just multiply what i was feeling times uh, roughly four because <laughs> And then you'll see just how much easier it would have been to just say, no, thanks, God. I'm happy where I'm at, living in the land of Haran. Let me just live out the rest of my life here. Uh, but for some reason, and it's by faith, Hebrew says, Abraham decided to throw all that away uh, and go, not even knowing where to go, right? This unknown, right? He says he, had, uh, he went out not knowing where he was going. He just fully trusted uh, God, who he just met. Um, and this is, uh, I think, a good word for us, too. As Christians, uh, we are a little bit better off than Abraham because we know who God is, right? We've been reading God's word. We've been studying God's word. We've been going to church. We kind of have a, a deeper sense of who he is than Abraham at this point right, in his life. Yeah. Uh, and if he was able to step out like that and do something radical, like leave his home country at the age of 80 to go into the unknown, uh, how much more should we um, trust God? Uh, no matter um, whether we know the end goal, where he, even though God doesn't lay out the steps, right? He doesn't tell us what the ultimate thing is, uh, him telling us to go. Um, how much more should we be able to be willing to take that first step? Uh, than Abraham. Um, I think as Christians, um, we shouldn't calculate too much because God works outside of our calculation. Um, if we were able to even understand all of God's ways, um, would he even be God, right? If we as humans could understand all of his ways. But the fact that Abraham was able to take that step of faith, not knowing where, where he was going, um, it should be a challenge for us too. Uh, to have that kind of faith in our life. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. And really honestly, just like, as I was hearing you speak, it was encouraging and comforting in that it really is a good way to live. I think it's more stressful, if you think about it, to actually try to plan out and know everything as opposed to trusting the creator and the one who sees all and knows all. Yeah. And if he says to go, then you go. If he says to stop, you stop. Uh, you walk by faith not by sight. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful way to live. Yeah. Yeah, it's more exciting that way too. But uh, yeah, it's emphasis on faith, I think. But faith also prompts action. Mm -hmm. uh, but you need faith and genuine faith actually moves you to go where God calls you to go and, and do, what you, do, right. what he, do what he tells you to do and say what he tells you to say. Right. Even in times where you don't understand. Mm -hmm. I, was I was talking to a friend 
we're talking about salvation through faith alone and not by works and it's true that we need to actually emphasize the faith aspect but at the same time like that actually prompts and changes how you live your life and how right. you do life and so right. uh yeah amen praise god yeah all right we're gonna go into uh today's primary segment uh segment and we're gonna talk about how to deal with success the good times uh, i can start uh, sure. just kind of talking about my first year i think of ministry where where i came on as a pastor i was i was like 23 years old i was very young i had no idea what i was doing you're still young i'm still very young <laughs> 25 now i was talking about that earlier i met like another seminarian who was 23 and i was shocked because he had a full-grown beard and i was like you're 23 <laughs> and uh but that's that's that was me right when i first went to seminary i was 22 23 i got a job i got a i got a i got a um a position at a church fairly young 23 years old and I was a youth pastor, um, and like I just have to say, like without even going into too many details, like this my first year of seminary, uh, not seminary, of ministry, it was so good. Mm. It was so fruitful, mm. uh, both you know spiritually and numerically, uh, but like spiritually especially, like like th- these kids. Like the things that I saw, like the amount of faith, because we're talking about Hebrews 11, mm-hmm. that I saw in some of these kids, it was, it was, it was like, it was ridiculous. Like I would, I would plant a seed, like, like it says in the parable that Jesus gives in the gospels, like I would just plant a seed uh, from the words of God and they would just cling onto it and it would just bear so much fruit in their life. Mm-hmm. Like they just immediately believed in in the convictions that god was giving to us mm. like unity and love and, and humility and 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 servitude like they just wanted to be like jesus so badly mm. and they wanted these these their fellow youth to know jesus as well so badly and they were just like on board like especially my student leaders i would just throw out a seed and be like god like guys like god wants his people to love and serve and they would like cry about it they were like weep about it mm. in their prayers and it was so beautiful and and i think the reason why i bring this up is because i didn't know it at the time mm. right like i didn't know how sweet it was i didn't know how great and fruitful how blessed i was for my first year of ministry because it was mm. my first year i didn't right. know any better right but like i just i, I went into it thinking wow this is literally what my life is going to be like it's going <laughs> to be like this every single year <laughs> And little did I know, I mean, the next year was great too. Student leaders, God really blessed me. So was this year. But man, that first year really, like God, he really graced me with just like the perfect um, like ministry setting. Like it was just so, I was so tired, uh, like physically all the time and mentally as well. But I was so full, like Mm. always, like literally the entire year through. And uh, even now, like I'll still like look back on um, that year. And I'll be like, wow, like I had I had no idea that that I had it that good. Um and like it was going good. And so like I guess the first thing I would say is, you know, don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, be grateful. Yeah. When ministry is going good, whether it's pastoral ministry, whether it's a worship team, welcome ministry, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh just enjoy it. When the fruits are are bearing, like praise God for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, really just enjoy the moment that you're in. That's what I would say to start off. Yeah, that's definitely true. Like uh, talking about uh, the hearing you talking about your first, uh, you know, year of ministry uh, brought me back to my first year 
many moons ago <laughs> but but uh, uh i remember too uh i guess um starting at, even at my dad's church and i shared about how one of the, one of the quote-unquote signs i got to get to go into ministry was the fact that every week new youth students were coming in and i thought like i'll be doing youth forever um it wasn't forever but i did do youth for a long time i didn't see youth as like a stepping stone to get to like adult ministry i just thought this is the best and like i want to stay here in youth Uh, but even that time like every week uh new students coming in and they were um just being um like fed i mean i wasn't the the pastor at the time i was just I guess more like youth director because I wasn't even in seminary at that point. I was just volunteering at my dad's church. Right. Uh, but just seeing the unity and how the all the students uh, gelled together. Uh, looking back now, like every place I've been to I had that kind of effect where unity was really big. It started out as disunity uh, for you know whatever reasons, according to each church, just their circumstances. Uh, they were just not unified. Uh, and then slowly but surely, uh, they get they get united and it was exciting to see you know that kind of big growth at my dad's church while I was while I was uh, there but um, same same along the same lines like not taking that for granted I didn't um, I guess to think that you know this is the way mystery will be every day it's kind of naive to think of it that way but uh, I had to always remind myself to uh, to stay humble because it's so easy to let that get to your head and be like sure. look at what I have done mm-hmm. right. Uh, look at what happened, what what the church was like or what the situation was like before I got there or before I started and look at it now after me and you think the common denominator is you. Uh, but I realize that it's not about even you. Yep. Uh, it's just God, um, you know, using us at that time to mm-hmm. bring his church uh, together or, you know, to do to do his will at that, at that time. So yeah. um, it's always a reminder for me to, uh, during the highs to not get too high um mm. i kind of take on um like what a lot of the coaches in the nfl say like after a victory it's like hey you have 24 hours to enjoy it and after that it's back to work <laughs> so i i kind of approach it the same way too like uh when the times are good uh, you know something you know great happens i take like a uh, 24 hours just to be like man look at that like the fruit not to say like look at what i have done but be like god you're so good mm. and just celebrate it and then after 24 hours, it's like, okay, let's, let's, let's continue working, right? Continue growing. Yep. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So staying humble is definitely. That's a, that's a huge one. Yeah. I didn't even think of it in yeah. that light, but I think that's, it's very applicable, right? Like when I was like experiencing that first year and even now, like, I think I've complained a couple of times, maybe even on the po- podcast about how like sometimes I wish that I had a small youth, like a small mm-hmm. group. Uh, but even now, like we're growing mm-hmm. at the very least numerically. And uh, the Lord is bearing fruits in, in many of the youth's hearts and, and lives and ministries. And I see that. Praise God for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, yeah, I think um, pride is definitely a factor right, that you need to take into account when oh, yeah. ministry is going good. Yeah. Like you would hear, like I would hear things. I'm sure you too, you know, be like when, 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 when the ministry is growing, especially numerically, like because people can see it. Yeah. Um, like you hear things like, Oh my gosh, like the youth is blessed because of you. Mm. Like they're doing well because of you. Like, mm. wow, like if you're doing this much your first year, imagine how you're gonna like what kind of pass you'll be in the future. And I heard these things like week in and week out. 
and without me even realizing like it did that temptation did like creep in oh yeah it's real yeah and there's a saying that goes a pastor's second year is always the hardest in the ministry and i kind of it was almost like you know one-to-one it was so true my life I, i mean i'm only three years in but like my first year was such a high right and then my second year was the exact opposite and i think in one sense like it could be that the lord is actually doing that to actually intentionally let us know like mm-hmm. that first year i've given you is a gift or is it's grace it's mm-hmm. it's to show you all that i'm capable of doing mm-hmm. through a vessel like you it's like now this is what it looks like in reality, in reality. <laughs> and that second year was brutal uh-huh. and it had nothing to do with my youth it was just for a number of reasons like you know, you, you, you're aware of this, but like financial reasons and like what was happening with my family at sure, the time. Sure. And I was, I was away from them. And like there are complications with ministry too and like the busyness in ministry and seminary. It was just so many different things. But mm. my second year was tough. Mm. And um, it was just a very stressful time. And I think the Lord was for the purpose of humility, like you were bringing up. Mm. Uh, I think the Lord was actually, you know, was really high. And then he, you know, really brought me down low. Uh, but even through the lows, he was with me. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's a very important one. Yeah. Um, if you, if we even look at, uh, like all the Kings that we find in the old Testament, starting with King Saul, right? What did him in eventually was his pride. Uh, He overstepped his boundary. Uh, he was supposed to be only King, but he could not wait for Samuel to get there. So he does the role of the priest, which, uh, those three were divided on purpose because only Jesus can be. Uh, king, uh, prophet, and priest. Yep. And so they had uh, separate people with these different roles, but Saul decided to overstep his boundary, right? And offer a sacrifice, which only the, the priest can do. And that did him in. And it's like a good reminder when things are going well, I think just it's just human nature to get prideful of it. Be like, hey, look what I've done. Uh, but that's when we got to humble ourselves even more, right? I think that's when... When things are going well, you got to pray even more yep. um, so that it doesn't get to your head and it doesn't affect ministry in a bad way. Because when things are going well, I think that's when uh, you know we're open to Satan's attacks even more. But mm-hmm. we, we got his attention and now he wants to do whatever he can to destroy yep. what we spent that time building up. Mm-hmm. So we got to watch ourselves. I always pray like, you know, God, like just give me protection or staff protection. Like there's no space or the devil to even like like do anything to us right because yeah. uh, you know i think overall our church has been doing well in, in the couple years that i've been here like just steadily doing really well and that's when we got to be really careful yep for sure i've been yeah. thinking a lot about i don't know why i might have even mentioned this in the past couple episodes but i've been thinking a lot about revelation i've been thinking about you know the only part in revelation that people really understand which is the beginning where Jesus comes back and he addresses each of these churches. Mm-hmm. And um, I keep thinking about how there's only one church that he really commends and every other church he condemns. And it's really scary. But when you actually look at the one church, the church in Philadelphia that he commends, he, he commends them for very simple things. And I feel like you know, my first year in ministry, it was really exciting and it was filled much fruits and mm-hmm. there was a lot of movement and I was doing so many different things. I was, you know, I was visiting like 50 different kids, like schools and I was, mm-hmm. I was doing a lot and 
and I was kind of just like thrown into the deep end and and uh and and, and it was bearing fruit by God's grace. And mm-hmm. so that was exciting and then, you know, going into my second year, the movement was still there. Um but the fruits kind of, you know, dwindled or seemed that way. Yeah. In the third year as well, a little bit going into it. And uh and I feel like this season of my life, I feel like the Lord is really, you know, through revelation and reflection of it and through what the words of God really say and, and throughout Jesus to ministry. Like I feel like even my approach to ministry has in my view of ministry, like what is success and like what is good mm. has really shifted. Mm. It's it's not based off of and of course numbers is great and I think that's that's important. But like like are my kids are my youth, is our church, are we focused on the things that Jesus is going to commend when he returns? Mm. Because what does he say to the church in Philadelphia? He says, you have little power, but this one thing that you, you do have, you've kept my word and you loved me. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at our church and I'm like, man, like we're doing, not that this isn't us, but like, I hope that our emphasis is this. If my youth is five, but those five are just in the words of God and they have little power, maybe little influence, but they just love the words of God and they obey the words of God, I'd rather have that and have the approval of Jesus when he returns than when, than have like a million youth. And he comes back and he's like, you have only about like two in there out of the million that, you know, that really mm-hmm. love me, that loved my words. Right. And so like even my like view of, success when it comes to ministry has shifted Mm. it might be that some of us feel like we're very successful pastors because we have a lot of movement in our lives Mm -hmm. i think like i hear a lot of talk about pastors and young pastors especially because i'm in seminary and people are saying like oh man they do so much and they say that about me too like oh they do so much oh they're like they're really doing they're doing real ministry and i wonder like not being pessimistic about them but really self-reflecting and thinking, man, like, do they say these things because of the amount of work I'm doing or based off of, you know, whether or not I'm really pointing them to Jesus mm-hmm. and his words? Um, yeah. Other than that, like, I think when I think about success, and this is kind of cynical, but I think most, a lot of pastors become cynical. Um, not that that's a good thing per se. And then it's like, it's almost as if like, from my purely observation alone, it just kind of seems like pastors get in there into ministry really excited they get very cynical through experience and then when they get really old they kind of like you know sober up and they're like you know what like god's control and they're a lot wiser and a lot calmer about things but in one sense i think this is fair to say when when and you were touching about this a little bit when you were saying the devil is looking and he and he, and he finds people who are you know on the highs when you're in the highs and when you're in seasons of goodness and fruits, in one sense, yes, definitely praise the Lord, but at the same time, expect that it's not going to last. Yeah. I just think that's, there's a lot of wisdom there, I feel yeah. like. No, uh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. It didn't take me long to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, very true. Uh, so um, we should be careful. It's always, I think more, more than the lows. Is we have to be. I mean, of course, the lows too. We got to be careful, but we always have to be alert and on guard. But especially during the good times, because um, yeah. it's so nothing is uh, like it's so easy for us to get comfortable. Then, mm-hmm. like, oh, look at this. This is working. Let's just keep this. Um, that's the real temptation. Because I think as humans, we want to stay comfortable, right? No yeah. one likes uncomfortable, like discomfort, and like 
always having to like learn new things. Like once you know something, you just want to stick to it. That's why they say what you can't teach an old dog new tricks, tricks right? right? Um, and it's so easy to think like, okay, this has been working, uh, so let's just keep it. And then you, you just want to put on cruise control and just like kind of go as as long as it takes you, or go as far as it takes you. Um, but I think that's when we gotta be willing to get uncomfortable again yeah. so that we can grow. Like, um, you know, a lot of companies die out because they they stay stuck in their ways, right? Uh, like Blockbuster, right, comes to mind. <laughs> I think everyone had that little. I don't know about our our, our viewers and listeners now, but growing up, we you had that nice blue Blockbuster video card. You go there to rent videos, uh, but now you don't see them anymore because you know they they stay stuck in that. I guess they got comfortable. Oh yeah, we can just rent out DVDs uh, for the rest of our lives and it will be a successful. But no, like all these streaming sites came on and they took over and like we see there's always changing of companies so who knows like right now apple and samsung are like superpowers and they're in in that field of like you know phones and electronics but who knows they get comfortable and then some other new company takes over yep. uh, i think ministry too like we once we get comfortable um that's when uh, we set ourselves up for failure because we just there's no improvement. There's no, like, yeah. There's no. There's no upgrades. There's nothing. It's just just staying there. Well, while the times change, we're still staying there. Yep. Um. So that's a danger too. Like it's so it's so easy to fall into that trap and say this has been working. Let me stick to this, um, forever. Uh, and then that's when you find yourselves on the find yourself on the low. Yep. Uh, real quick. Yep. <laughs> real quick. I think, I think even, for all Christians. That's important. To think yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Deuteronomy was, that was the whole point of Deuteronomy, right? Like Your favorite book. Exactly, my favorite <laughs> book. They were about to enter into the promised land. And most Christians, like, were wired to think, I think most people are wired to think, like, oh, like, we turn to God when life gets hard. Right. And so we, we're, we naturally tend to think, oh, the most dangerous season of our life is when we're in our lows. Mm -hmm. But actually, the entire point of Deuteronomy was when you enter into the land and you live in houses you did not build, when you reap the, the harvest of, of, of fields that you did not, you know, plant right. uh, or toil, like, remember me, like, mm -hmm. do not forget the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, like, do not be comfortable. Do not let the comfort actually uh, hinder your faith. Mm -hmm. And so it's both. It's, I think it's times of low, definitely, but I think too often, like, ministers, but all Christians forget that in seasons of, of comfort and, and, and fruits mm -hmm. is when we actually need to be maybe even the most careful. Yeah. Um, for me, I think this is so simple. At the same time, it, it gives so much peace and depth uh, and joy in ministry and life. But I realized like that old saying, what would Jesus do? Mm -hmm. It's so helpful. Like really like sometimes ministry gets really complicated and like you start stressing out because you start thinking about numbers and you start thinking about, oh, different events and these yeah. kind of things. But what really has been giving me peace these past few weeks lately has been really thinking about, okay, how did Jesus, what would Jesus have done in this situation? Mm. And that sounds so elementary, but really that that is the essence of Christianity. That right. is the essence of the walk, the faith. Right. We, we imitate Christ. And it's very naive and shallow of us to think Oh, like I'm a pastor now, and because this is the 21st century, I'm I'm shepherding a different way than Jesus shepherded. Mm. You no, know, like he was the perfect example, as it says in Hebrews, and 
and, and just throughout scripture. And so as pastors, as, as Christians, you just need to think about, you know, how did Jesus approach life? How did Jesus approach ministry? Mm. Jesus experienced the highest of highs. He, his fame spread like no other, even to this day. And this day, this day, like there's, there's inter- the internet is around. But for Jesus, he became the most famous man on the planet, like with no internet, without the help of the internet. Yeah. And yet Jesus, he was, you know, he was knocking people, you know, he was pushing people away. He was running away from the crowds. And yet for us, we think, oh, it's different. Like the more we do and the bigger crowd we attract, the bigger our church gets, uh, the more we're able to do work for God. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Right? Like it's not, it's not that smaller churches are less capable or bearing less fruits. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not what Jesus emphasized. That's not what the words of God emphasized. It's not what it tells us in the end of, the end of all time and, mm-hmm. and ages and, and things. And so I think... Um, really even thinking about, you know, successful times in ministry, I think in one sense is um, counterproductive. Mm -hmm. Like we don't think about ministry as success or failure because to the world, successful ministry could look like failure. To the world, Jesus looked like a failure. And I think that's very telling. Um, We're supposed to in one sense, you know, decrease so that he may... And that doesn't mean we fail like purposefully. It doesn't mean we we slip into scandals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it means you know we don't think of success in the way that you know people people view it. Yeah, that's true. Um, just another thought um, as we're kind of diving into how to deal with success. Um, I think it's so easy for pastors, and there's so many like cases that we read about in the news where, uh, I guess. Um, that power kind of gets to their heads and they feel like they're like invincible. They can do whatever they want. Uh, we've seen like so many, like, you know, pastors fall into affairs or they, uh, you know, are like stealing money from the church, like all these different things thinking like it's okay. Uh, but I remember a long time ago, uh, a, a much older pastor, um, told me like, and I think it's a pretty well-known um, thing that a lot of pastors tell the younger pastors is the pastor always has to be careful of three things, right? Fame, power, and money. No. Fame, money, and women, right? Those those three things, right? Checks out. Yeah, checks out. Uh, and I think those three things uh, become bigger temptations the more you're su- the, the more successful you are. Um, so, I think uh, as we are, you know, in whatever standard we use to measure success, uh, when we feel like things are going really well, uh, really have to guard our, our minds, our hearts uh, from those things so that we remain true uh, to the calling that we received and true to, true to the God that we serve. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't let that get to our heads. Kind of you know, what we've been talking about to this point, uh, you know, up to this point uh, about uh, not letting that get to our heads. We just stick our heads down, uh, continue to grind, um, continue to just lay prostrate uh, before, before God and allow him to, to just uh, use us uh, for his kingdom. It's not about, it's not about our name. Uh, I don't really care if like, millions of people know who I am. I'd rather have nobody know who I am. 
yeah. as long as they know Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's all that matters. So, just um, I think what kind of what we've been harping on this whole time, uh, just staying humble um, during times of good. It doesn't mean that we can't take the time to appreciate and we just glorify God. We're like God, I can't believe you can use someone like me to do to do this, right? And just enjoy that, but then get right back to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. And that's really for our sake. Yeah. For all people's sake. Like Christians, whether you're pastors or not, really where our joy comes from is when he is exalted in our minds, our hearts, right. our lives, and the world. That's what gives us true joy. Right. Yeah. And so it really is a matter of like, it's not a matter of, oh, like you're, you know, you're, you know, we're condemning you for your pride and whatnot. Because we all wrestle with that. But it is a matter of, you know, sometimes I get worried. Like when I see some pastors, I'm like, ooh, like be careful. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with you because I know my God will. Because you see it throughout scripture. You see it happen, you know, in, in today's time. Uh, and so, yeah, very true. Yeah. Um, Seek his glory. Yeah, it's all about him, you yeah. know. Like Johnny Cash, that song, he says, uh, <laughs> He says his name is written in the book of life, so he doesn't matter if you know celebrities, you know, disregard him or people forget him. Mm-hmm. All that matters is that you know Jesus knows him. Yeah, and we just continue to do our best for him and not lose sight of that. Right, yep. we don't want it to become about us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about pointing everyone to to Christ. Amen. Just staying humble in those times. Amen. Amen. Yeah. What do you think? Should we do the video first? The reaction? Or should we ask uh, a question for one another? Sure, it might. Uh, we can do the video first. I guess right. that kind of break the just the art, you know, conversation a little bit. Yep. Uh, just real quick. Uh, we don't know too much about this young lady. Uh, she's she has an a TikTok account or a YouTube account or something, and she, it's the the account is dedicated to um, actually refuting you know the Christian God, but also a lot of the Christian beliefs that we have. And uh, we're not here to you know bail, uh, bash and rail on this girl. Uh, we're here to actually just hear what she has to say. I didn't actually even, you know, we gave it a listen, but we didn't really think this through. We're just going to listen to one of her videos, her shorts, and uh, we're actually going to actually just give a comment or two. Yeah, and just respond. To and respond. And this will help you guys hopefully as well. Another reason for us to actually do this so that if you guys do actually face, you know, one of these questions or, uh, you know, arguments against Christianity and our belief, then, then maybe we'll have a thought or two to help you. Mm-hmm think things through but uh here it is i think it's i believe it's like jezebel something is valuable to you you don't just toss it and and that's exactly what god threatens to do if we don't obey him as a non-christian god plans to eliminate me and even if he annihilates me even if he just snaps me out of existence he is showing that i hold no value because if I did, he wouldn't extinguish me. So to tell me that as a human being, I am intrinsically and objectively valuable, and that's because God created me and God is the one that gives me my value. Well, God doesn't treat the things he values very nicely because he demands that they worship, praise, and adore him and then threatens them with eternal damnation if they don't. If something is... All right. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Yeah, okay. it just kind of loops. Okay, keeps, keeps looping. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, there's a lot. Uh, yeah, she says a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Um It seems to me like she's she's de churched. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is like for those who don't know what I mean, there's de churched and unchurched. Unchurched are people who've, you know, not grown up in the church or have right. any, you know, experience with the church in their in their childhood and upbringing. Uh, and, and we ask Christians to think about how to reach the unchurch because it's different. Mm-hmm. And then there's de-churched. To me, I think de-churched is a little more complicated because de-churched is a people who uh, who, who do have experiences with the church. Yeah, they, they know. Yeah, and they know a little bit about God and, and the Bible. And it seems like she's pretty aware of like how the church thinks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, whether, you know, there's different reasons why people are de-churched, whether they're hurt by the church, mm-hmm. uh, whether they, um, you know, hear something that they disagree with or dislike uh, about our God and they, it kind of like flips them. But um, it sounds to me, I could be wrong. I don't really know this girl at all, really. But uh, it sounds to me that she's you know, de-churched. I was kind of scrolling through a couple of her videos. But, yeah, um, she knows a lot. Yeah, yeah I guess um, that reminds me of like um, Abraham Piper. I think John Piper's son, I think is Abraham. He also is like totally anti, like he's de-churched. Like mm-hmm. he's like, Heard that, yeah. Using scripture, twisting it, and be like, you know, how can you believe God? Kind of uh, interesting that John Piper, he's like one of the, you know, many like amazing pastors, at least that I look up to. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing, faithful man. And yeah. then his son is like total opposite. But I guess this is kind of like how it was in the Kings. Like David, <laughs> David was really oh, yeah. good. And his and sons were too. Yeah, prophets. Like, um, but I guess back to this video, um, I would say the best thing is that God gives us our value. Right? I think that is a, is a blessing, honestly, because he's the one who created us. Like if, we, if value came from anything else, um, it would be um, unstable. Right? I think that's why people who don't believe in God... Uh, their view of themselves are so up and down. Like there are some days where they think they're they're the best. A lot of times they think they're the worst. Um, there's a lot of low self esteem issues because they don't know their value because uh, they get it from someone else. And one day they might love them, and the next day they might not love them. So, like whatever. Uh, but uh, God, we know, is the same yesterday, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And what He says about us is that we are His. Right? And he created us. He knew us before uh, we were in the womb, and he knitted us together in the womb. Uh, it's found in you know Jeremiah and in the Psalms too. Um, that's how much he cares for us, mm-hmm. right? And if the Creator God thinks of me that way, then for me as a believer, um, I don't care <laughs> what you think about me, right? Because Creator God, I mean, I, I'm I'm saying that in like. Um, mm-hmm. Right. In the best way possible, right? Yeah. I, my my value is not going to be based on your opinion about me, right? I may I might get a little bit disappointed, like I can't believe this person doesn't like me. But mm-hmm. ultimately, <laughs> my value comes from God, and He says, "I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and I knew you before you know you were in the womb. I knitted you together uh, in the womb." Um, knowing that um, gives me confidence because it's not based on anything that I've done, right? It's not going to be based on whether, you know, I'm smart enough or I'm talented enough uh, or whatever the case may be. God just loves me and values me because I am his, mm-hmm. right? So I would argue 
that's the best you know person to give us value yeah and uh god loves you know christy burke too I found yeah her, uh, yeah account. of course this is christy her name's christy burke uh, you can actually check out her her youtube and and listen to a couple of other videos maybe come back to us and ask some questions if if uh, you are compelled yeah uh, but yeah i mean she brings some interesting points she talks about how you know she does kind of you know approach or attack the uh christian view of of our worth in God as valuable. And she's very mm-hmm. sarcastic about it, saying, you know, if, if God, one of the first things she says is, you know, if God, you know, values us, he doesn't really treat us very nicely, right? Like mm-hmm. he, he forces us to either, you know, worship and adore and love him or experience and experience eternal, eternal damnation yeah, yeah, yeah. in hell. And I think one of the things I would say to actually um, push back a little bit on this, on this logic is that uh, it's not really that, it's kind of like this, right? Like, I've heard it explained in this way. If we are all in an endless pool of water, if we are just in the middle of an ocean and there's no way to swim back to shore, and there is no shore, and a lifeboat comes by, inevitably we are going to sink. Right? We're going to get tired. We're, uh, some, a shark might attack us and eat us. Eventually we're going to die. If a lifeboat comes by and tells us, hey, listen, you're inevitably going to sink and die, get on the boat, I can save you. And we say no, right? That's not God necessarily sending us to hell. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that he doesn't, but that's more of our choice. Mm-hmm. And the reason why this is valid, even though you know the word of God does tell us that God's gonna come as a judge one day, is because with the breath that he gives you every day, you know, Christy Burke and everybody else that's listening, he is giving us a choice, mm-hmm. right? He does actually offer us a way out, mm-hmm. right? From drowning, from sinking, from falling into hell. And, and not experiencing, missing out on experiencing life in the fulfilling way that God really does have for us. And so it's not, it is a matter of, you know, God being judged or not, but it's also a matter of, you know, God has a heart. You read the gospels, right? And unfortunately, there are some Christians who will tell you, you know, Christy and other people who are listening, you know, oh, God has chosen you to go to hell. But if you look at how Jesus presents the gospel, how the words of God, the Bible presents the gospel, it's very obvious. You don't have to be a Christian for many years to actually read it in the way that it's written, supposed to be written and read, mm-hmm. which is he's offering uh, life. Yeah. And so um, God, and, and kind of along the lines of what you were saying, you know, God being creator, um, that is where ultimate value and worth is found. Right. Um, for example, like she's, she's speaking hypothetically and she actually does in a lot of, in, a, in the few videos that I saw her. So let's actually continue speaking hypothetically. Not that she would ever see this. If she does, you know, great. Right. <laughs> uh, but you know, for other people, right? Like if we, if we, a lot of, a lot of atheists and a lot of people actually push back on Christianity, they like to speak hypothetically, say, if God is real, then how come he does this? Mm-hmm. If God is real, then how come this is, this is what it says in the Bible. Uh, why does he do this? And so if we were to speak hypothetically, let's actually think in, in this way, right? Like if our God is true, mm. then our value can only be found in him because mm. a lot of people like to talk about like, oh, like God is selfish. Like she was kind of alluding to this fact, right. like God wants, he forces us to make a decision to actually, you know, mm. worship him or not. Mm-hmm. But actually it's not a matter of like God is saying, hey, like worship me because like, you know, I want to be worshipped. And that may be true, but if God created 
somebody or something to to worship and point to him and to glorify him then wouldn't that thing that object be most fulfilled in actually fulfilling that purpose right. in which they were created for right like you would find the most joy in actually doing what you were created for even right. if you were unaware of what that purpose was right this can be actually seen and even you know on this earth like when you when you when people have children though it's not forced upon them right when the children actually please the the parents even though the parents didn't raise them saying like hey you have to please me yeah the kids the kids naturally find this innate joy yeah. and fulfillment right. when they please their creator their parents right it's it's seen throughout creation and uh i would just argue that in, in an encouraging way for anybody that is you know wrestling with this thought you will find the most joy when you actually worship God, mm-hmm. it is not a matter of he's narcissistic. He knows that he deserves it, but he also knows that when you are in a relationship with him, you actually escape sin and hell. And you actually enjoy life in the way that he wanted you to originally enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, again, this is not, you know, you know, attacking Christy Burke. I really, like, my heart was actually a little bit you know, broken as I was, you know, listening to some of her shorts on YouTube because it was pretty, you know, evident or or apparent to me that it seemed like she was de-churched. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whatever hurt that she experienced or um, whoever betrayed her or, or led her astray, you know, I feel really bad. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of people like her out there, so. Yeah. Um, one more thing i like to add is, like, um, I think Romans 1 explains actually a lot of what, what she was talking about. Because um, it makes Romans one makes it clear that God made Himself visible through creation, so you can tell that oh yeah, there is God. Uh, but it was us who decided to exchange you know God's truth for a lie, and you know rebel against Him, right? And so the result of that is the hot mess that we have with sin and just all the consequences that come with it. Yep. Uh, God simply just like allowed us to do what we wanted right mm-hmm. which was not follow god yeah. and the result was we are all sentenced to hell uh, we sin we're full of sin um we're so wicked to the point where we not only sin knowing that it's gonna lead to eternal death but we approve of those who sin too right um so that was our state right and you know god also gave us free will Right. I think that's huge. Uh, he could have created us like robots so that we just, from Adam, we never need Jesus because Adam was going to fully obey God no matter what. Uh, and just, and everyone, and all of us here we would just be worshiping God and fully o- obeying God no matter what. Uh, but he gave us free will. And to me, it just shows uh, God wanted to maximize love, meaning like, you know, to use my wife as an example, like if she was forced to marry me, would I truly know if she loves me or not? Mm. No, because I forced her right. to marry me. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she chose to marry me shows that she does love me. Yeah. I think that's that's what God wanted. He could have made everything like create like no sin, nothing by just making us like robots who could, who are just going to worship God, uh, do what we're you know programmed to do. But he allowed free will to come because he wanted us to have that choice. Are we going to choose to follow God or are we going to not? 
Uh, obviously, we know the answer. Adam chose not to follow God, and here we are. Uh, just all the rest of us condemned as sinners. But we also see God's love in that even though he is perfectly just and just sending us all to hell then, right? I guess kind of what, what she was alluding to. Um, it's not that he forced this upon us. We made the wrong choice, right? Um, he could have left us there, but we see his great love. He sends his, his son uh, to die on our behalf, to pay our sin debt so that we can have this relationship uh, with him. And you can say like, oh, it's so unfair then. Like, because God, you know, Bible also teaches predestination, right? That he chose some to save and some don't. And I would say it would be unfair if we all want to go to heaven and God says, I'm only going to choose, you know, a million of you and the rest of you are going to go to hell. But so that would be unfair, right? Because everyone wants to, wants to go to heaven, but it's actually the opposite. No one wants to be with God because of our sin. We, we, we'd rather, uh, even I remember in seminary professors saying like those who are in hell, yeah, they're, they're weeping and gnashing and they're, they're in great pain, but they would still rather be there than be in God's presence. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's great suffering, but they would still rather be there. Like that's how, um, far away from God we want to be. So we're all running away from God. And yet he chose some to save. And then and in that we see God's great mercy and grace and love. Because, uh, yes, he's just and he's wrath. And he could have just allowed us to all, you know, go to hell forever. But uh, in his great mercy and grace and love, he, he chose to save. Mm. Uh, to save some. Yep. It yeah. was grace that he chose. Right? It wasn't like unfairness. Yeah. And it's, it's, I see right here in her bio, she is ex-Christian. She is de-churched. It says ex-Christian. Yeah. Agnostic, Agnostic atheist. atheist. Yeah. Um, that doesn't make sense. Agnostic atheist? You know, <laughs> people make up things. <laughs> okay. Uh, but anyways, pray for Christy Burke. Yeah. And anybody that listens, lift up a prayer for her. Yeah. Um, and if you ever right. run into people who are de-churched, uh, you know, have a conversation with them, you know, yeah. in gentleness, patience, you know, love them, uh, pray for them if they're, if they're willing, if they're able. Right. Um, yeah. All right. To go on to a, a lot lighthearted, a more lighthearted uh, thing, uh, let's actually talk about, let's just ask a question. I have a question for PE. I will ask a question each. <laughs> All right. And if we have more, we'll continue. If not, we'll just close. My first question is, and this is you know, helpful for me, is if you had to go to 7-Eleven right now, <laughs> what would be your order? What would be you know the snacks and drinks that you grab right now? Right now, or your you can talk about your go to. My well. my go to is always uh those taquitos. Mm. Um, I actually like the um, the buffalo chicken one the the one oh, that yeah. it's like breaded on the outside. So good, it's so good, those are so good. Yeah, oh those are gosh. good. But I always have to check to make sure it's fresh. Like I use the tongs. Right. If it's hard, I'm like ah. Oh, <laughs> I like. I way. want to, but I'm like, right. no. I know it's gonna taste yeah, bad, yeah. so I, I stop. Uh, so if it's good, then yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take those, okay. like three, four of those. Yep. Um, and like get, I don't know, whatever chips I'm feeling that day. Usually it's something spicy. Mm. You uh, love or, spicy food. Uh, yeah, like uh, spicy or uh, like cheesy, like the mm. like the ruffles, um, like the cheese, and I forget what it was. Like um, it's like the the orange bag, but uh, so. If it's not spicy chips, 
then it's gonna be cheesy. it's gonna be something cheesy, and okay. then I'll probably grab from like the snacks like a like a trolleys or some kind of sour gummy mm. uh, and M Ms. Peanut M Ms are always a go to for me. Like I love oh, peanut butter. I like M&Ms. Peanut, yeah, and the crispy M Ms. Oh my gosh, I was eating that like when it first came out, like every day. Just like I know it's, <laughs> it's probably very bad, but that's what I, that's that's what I ate um, all the time. So that's kind of a go to. My drink though. It varies. Uh, sometimes I'm in the mood for one of those like uh, Starbucks like canned like coffees. Mm. Sometimes those I'm in. Yeah, I know they are. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm feeling rich, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll get one of those. Um, or you know, just typical soda. Even from soda, my go-to is always Mountain Dew. I, mm. I really like Mountain Dew. All the different flavors I'll try. Mm. Um, you ever get like Arizona? Yeah, Arizona. Is I was in an Arizona phase. Um, Yep. And it's always, that's good too. Mm-hmm. You know, a long time ago, they had, um, not not Snapple, but they had some, oh, shoot, I can't remember the name. Mystic, 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 Mystic. It was called Mystic. What is Mystic? Yeah, it was kind of like the Snapple, kind of like that oh, kind really? of like fruit drink. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, I would, I'll be gulping those down. Uh, Gatorade is always, you know, I'm always feeling like lemon lime. Mm. Um, I like all the flavors, but if I'm like really thirsty, I'll go for, for Gatorade. For the taquitos, you ever get like the the cheese and the chili to like dip the taquitos in? Oh, I didn't even think about that. You never do that? No. Wow. You're wow. welcome. Okay. It's so good. It's actually game changer. <laughs> Usually, I get um a ranch cup oh, with I dressing, see. and I dip uh-huh. it in the, dip it in that. Oh, that's really good. Too. I know you don't really like. Yeah, ranch, I don't like ranch, but but like that's why I used to because something to make it moist, right? Because mm. otherwise, it's kind of dry. Right. Oh, um, you gotta try the try chili the cheese. cheese thing. Yep. It's good. I used to get those hot. The, that reminds me of the, the the big bite hot dogs. Oh put yeah, that yeah. Chili and cheese on mm-hmm. it. Yeah, with jalapenos and onions. Oh my yep. gosh, man. Good. That, that's another. That's another go-to. Yeah, I asked that question because I'm probably gonna stop by Seven Eleven after this. <laughs> I haven't had dinner, so I'm I'm gonna run and go get get some. <laughs> All, right. All right, now I got an idea of what I'm gonna get. Yeah. Um, I guess question for you is uh, your all-time. Favorite movie? Oh man! Like all time. So I'll say like a movie that you don't mind watching like for the rest of your life. Oh, that's different. Like that. Yeah, that's different. Um. Okay, I think I got it. I think initially when you said all time favorite movie, I had a different answer. Uh, but I wouldn't watch this movie over and over and over again. But I just really appreciate the movie. You know, The Godfather. Oh yeah. Have you seen The Godfather? Uh, not, I've actually never seen the whole movie. Oh, really? I've seen like clips of it. Okay. Yeah. The Godfather is, cause I used to want to be an actor and like, it's like unmatched. It's mm-hmm. such a good movie. It's like classic. Yeah. It's classic. Yeah. Uh, the Godfather's good. I was so excited after the Godfather. I watched the second and third, like back to back. Wasn't as good, but still the Godfather first one, the original. So good. But a movie that I can watch over and over again. <laughs> now I wouldn't recommend this movie to everybody. This is not the most Christian movie. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you know, you're know you mature in the faith, as Paul says, you know it's not going to hinder you. You're not going to be tempted. Uh, I, I really like rom-coms because mm. my mom, my mom is very like, she's a romantic. And, mm-hmm. um, and so like, I really like romantic comedies. And so I love the movie Crazy Stupid Love. Have you oh, ever seen that movie I've with seen Steve it. Carell? Yeah, yeah Ryan Gosling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only for the one scene where they go to the mall 
and Ryan Gosling slaps him like every other scene. <laughs> I think that movie's so funny because of that one scene. <laughs> uh, and then the last scene too, where they all come together and they all start fighting. It's mm. so funny. Um, but that, I think that's that's a movie I could, I've I've watched that movie like seven times. Wow, it's actually so funny. It's a lot. Yeah, I think it's so funny. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I think uh, I think that wraps the wraps the episode <laughs> up. I gotta hurry up and go get my uh, 7-Eleven. So I'm excited <laughs> to wrap this one up. All right. As usual, um, please remember to like, subscribe, share, comment. Yeah. Um, we're still taking questions if you want um, to submit a question mm -hmm. uh, through you know IG, TikTok, uh, YouTube, yep. um, or in person. Through text, <laughs> yeah, if you have our numbers. Yeah. Even um, questions like, you know, questions like uh, Christy Burt. You know, it's okay to ask questions like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll take them and uh, we'll, you know, uh, if we once we get enough of them, we'll make it into a little segment where we can yep. answer some questions. But we always appreciate you all t tuning in, whether through Spotify or through YouTube, just watching us. Um, thank you for making us part of your day. Yep. And we'll see you next week. All right. All right. God bless. See you guys. Bye.